0: popular culture says that love is a feeling. And if you want to feel it, just wait for love to find you. That's a far cry from what God says about love in His Word. Today, on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah returns to 1 Corinthians and reveals why love is more than a feeling and why you're called to seek it and not just wait for it. To introduce his message, the final priority, Pursue Love. Here's David.
1: Well, I want to thank you for joining us today as we begin this last lesson from the series on the power of love. You know, sometimes I have talked to men over the lifetime of my ministry, and they have said to me, you know, Pastor, the problem is I just don't love my wife anymore. And I like to remind them that love is not an option. It's not a feeling. It's not a want to. Love is a command. And we are commanded to love our wives. You say, well, you can't command a feeling. No, you can command an action, but feelings follow that. If you wait until you feel like loving somebody, you probably won't. But the Bible says, husbands, love your wives. There's no out in that. We are to love them. And the more we follow that command, the more we sense the feelings of love that we look for filling our hearts and minds. I I dare you to try it. In fact, I I have to tell you, this is what God says to do. You don't have the right to say, but I just don't love her anymore. Stop that. Love her, because that's what God has called us to do. Today, the final priority, pursue love. We'll get to it in a moment. Don't forget to get the study guide for this series. It's called The Power of Love. It's a little longer than some of the other studies we've had. This is 150 pages of notes and outlines for this series from 1 Corinthians 13, recently revised and improved. It's yours from turningpoint at davidjeremiah.org. That's where you'll find the study guide, and that's where you will find the CD package that um, memorializes this series and uh, we'll now open our hearts to this lesson. We call this the final priority, pursue love.
2: We've spent these last few weeks looking at these 13 verses, just 280 words, only three paragraphs, but the greatest treatise on love in all the Bible. We've learned that this love that we call agape is love that transcends oratory. It's greater than the greatest speech that was ever given The writer says if I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not love. I am nothing It's love that transcends prophecy. He says in the 13th chapter if you have prophecy, but you don't have love you don't have anything It's a love that transcends knowledge and understanding first Corinthians 8 1 says that knowledge puffeth up, but love edifies And Paul wrote to the Corinthians that they needed to understand that if they had all the knowledge so that they could understand all the mysteries of the word of God, but did not have agape, they didn't have anything at all. It's love that's greater than faith. Even though Hebrews 11 says, without faith it is impossible to please God, 1 Corinthians 13 says, faith without love is dead. And it is zero in God's book. It is love that even transcends good works and benevolence and a martyr's death. Paul wrote, If I have the faith and the good works and the courage to face death as a martyr, but I still don't have love, I haven't got anything. Love is the priority commandment. As we have learned over and over again in studying this passage, it is commanded of Christians at least 55 times in the New Testament that we are to love you see the basic fallacy in the world today is that love is a feeling but the Bible says love is a responsibility we are commanded to love God doesn't ask us if we feel like it he tells us in his word that it is our responsibility to love it is his command to us I've had so many people come to see me over the years of my ministry walk into my office and somewhere in the midst of the conversation say something like this but pastor you don't understand I don't feel anything for him anymore I used to accept that but now there is within my heart a great urge to feed back to them what they're really saying Oh, you've decided to disobey the Lord because you see the Word of God says we are as husbands to love our wives When we do that in response to God's command, the feeling normally will come with it. But even if it doesn't, agape love is love that gives when there is no hope of anything in return. That is God's kind of love. As we've talked about this, there's been one question that we haven't touched upon, and I want to try to answer that as we deal with this final priority. How is it that we can love in obedience to the Lord? I want to ask you to do something for me that will help you understand where we're going. If you would just keep your finger in the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians and turn to Galatians chapter 5, where we have the listing of the fruit of the Spirit. There's a wonderful correlation between the characteristics that we've studied in the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians and the listing of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. You'll find that in verses 22 and 23. As you study the difference between Galatians chapter 5 and 1 Corinthians chapter 13, what you will discover is the human and the divine role in the production of love. We have talked about the fact that if we're to have God's love, we can't have it without God. As we talked about love never failing, we said love never fails because God never fails and God is love. Love never fails because Jesus Christ never fails and Jesus Christ is love. If we are to have agape love in the truest, perfect sense of the word, it will only be as the Holy Spirit, who lives within us, sheds abroad in our hearts the love of God, which is supernatural love. But some Christians believe that the way you get that supernatural love is to sit back and wait for God to do it to you. Maybe if you're patient enough, God will zap you with his agape love, and all of a sudden you'll have the loving feeling but I believe as we look at Galatians 5 and 1 Corinthians 13 we can see the wonderful balance in the Word of God and we're going to look at two or three other passages that show us the responsibility we have in the loving process as God's children now I think you need to note first of all that these parallel verses in the other passages in the New Testament these qualities are commanded of us in the scripture and while the characteristics can only be permanently produced by the Holy Spirit We are commanded to pursue each of these qualities in our lives In fact, if you've got your finger in the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians I want you to turn back there for a moment And if you get all the way through the 13th chapter Looking at all the wonderful qualities of love Look at the first verse in the 14th chapter You see the first two words? Say them out loud Ready? Pursue love It's not something you wait for Not something you ask to have happen to you The Bible says we as God's children are to pursue the love that is spelled out in the thirteenth chapter and We are to pursue these qualities listen carefully now energetically and consistently for this is true in a number of ways First of all each of the verbs in first Corinthians 13 each of those verbs that describes love is in the present tense love is patient love is kind love is never envious love is to be continually kept up to date all of those are verbs which mean a continuing process not something that's happened in the past or something that will happen in the future but something that continues to happen all the time love just keeps on being what it is it's a continuous process it is not something to be remembered not something to be looked forward to something to be experienced right now now if your Bible is open to the book of Galatians you will notice that after you get past the first quality of the fruit of the Spirit which is love you discover that the strength of that love is joy joy go back to 1st Corinthians 13 6 and you will find joy in 1 Corinthians 13 6 for love does not rejoice in iniquity but love rejoices in the truth the strength of love is joy now, the Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is joy, and the Bible says that one of the characteristics of agape love is joy, but I want you to notice something. Romans 14:17, The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And again in the New Testament, we are told, listen carefully, Rejoice evermore. If you want a treatise on joy, read Philippians the Bible commands the Christian to be joyful and one of the characteristics of love is rejoicing it's the fruit of the Spirit it's in the first Corinthians 13 passage and it's a command for every Christian to rejoice look back in Galatians chapter 5 and notice that after joy comes peace the security of love is peace the fruit of the Spirit is love joy peace Turn back to 1 Corinthians 13 and notice in the fifth verse that agape love thinks no evil. Remember what we talked about resentment? The opposite of resentment is peace in your heart. So there is a relationship between these two. The stability of love is long-suffering. Notice in 1 Corinthians 13:4 that we are told to have long-suffering love. But go back to Galatians chapter 5 now and notice... The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. What's the fourth one? Long-suffering. The sobriety of love is gentleness. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and you find that everywhere. It's one of the primary things we studied right at the beginning of the chapter. Love suffers long and is kind, verse 4. Verse 5 says love does not behave itself in a rude way. The simplicity of love is goodness according to Galatians chapter 5. The next characteristic, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness. 1 Corinthians 13:4 says love vaunteth not itself up. It is not proud. The surety of love is faith. 1 Corinthians 13:7. Notice what it says. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. Go back to Galatians chapter 5 again. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. The selflessness of love is meekness, 1 Corinthians 13:5. Love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own. Go back again to the book of. Of Galatians, and notice that after gentleness comes self control, and you can go through every one of these characteristics. You'll find them all in Galatians 5. You'll find them all in 1 Corinthians 13. But now, what do we do about all of them? Let's go back through our list again very carefully, and let me give you some passages of Scripture that respond to our responsibility the fruit of the Spirit is joy but Philippians 4 4 says rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice the fruit of the Spirit is peace but Hebrews 12 14 says follow peace with all men the fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering but first Thessalonians 5 14 says be patient unto all men the fruit of the Spirit is kindness but Ephesians 4:32 says, "Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another." The fruit of the spirit is goodness, but Ephesians 2:10 reminds us that we have been created unto good works. And Colossians 1:10 says, "We are to walk worthy of the Lord, being faithful in every good work." Titus 3 8 says this, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. These things I will that thou affirm constantly that they who have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is goodness, but the Bible also says do good. Are you getting the picture? The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is joy, but it commands us to be joyful. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is peace, but it commands us to be at peace. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is kindness, but it says be kind. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is faith, but 1 Corinthians 4.2 says it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. The Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. Titus 3.2 says put them in mind to be gentle. 2 Timothy 2.24 says the servant of the Lord must be gentle. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And yet Paul in 1 Corinthians 9.25 speaks of keeping his body under. And Peter said we were to add to our knowledge self-control. So over and over again as we studied the fruit of the Spirit, we saw that what the fruit of the Spirit is as a result of God's Spirit filling us is corresponded by the commands in the Word of God that we're to do those things. You see, the Christian has the attitude often that he is to be passively involved in his Christian experience maybe if I wait I'll be zapped maybe the Holy Spirit will just zap me and I'll have all these things how do you put to practice the things we've studied in 1 Corinthians 13 there is only one way that I know and that is to be obedient to the command of God to love you say Pastor Jeremiah how do you love somebody if you don't feel anything for them you know that in a marriage a couple usually weds for romantic reasons but if romance is to continue and the emotional attraction deepen agape love must be present also and each partner by an act of the will regardless of personal feelings seeming worth each partner is to love in response to god's command in our society here more than one out of two couples head for the divorce court and they say we don't love each other anymore but what they're really saying if they're Christians is we will not do as God has commanded us Agape love is the one solid basis for a marriage The husband is expected according to God's command to seek his wife's well-being whether she deserves it or not I know some of you have a burden to bear And some of you wives have a burden to bear in that matter with you know, it's really that's immaterial the Bible says you are to love It's the command of God You know, the modern concept of marriage goes like this. A man says, I love you to a woman. What he really means is, you do something for me. And after I squeeze all I want out of you, I'll throw you away just like an orange. That's what goes on in our world today. The concept of love in the world is that love is only good if it does something for you. But the concept of God's love is that we love in response to God's command. And I believe with all of my heart that in a married situation where there is estrangement between two people, that it only takes one in that relationship who will commit themselves to be an agape lover to bring it back together. I don't think there's a human being who can withstand agape love over a long period of time without responding. God's agape love does not ask, what does he do for me? But it asks, what am I doing to give myself to her? What our world's in need of most right now, in our churches, in our homes, are Christians who will let God's love be shed abroad in their hearts. I preached as I normally preach to you, to these couples, and I saw God do some things I've never seen before in a couples conference I saw the agape love that we talk about in first Corinthians 13 actually take place in the lives of some people who had gotten far away from each other I gave an invitation in the morning service unlike any invitation I've ever given I asked all the people to stand and I said if you're here this weekend as a couple and that's all there were no single people just couples no children just couples and there's something wrong between you and during this time God has convicted you but you still haven't gotten it right as we stand I'm gonna ask you to do something I want you to just leave the auditorium there were over 400 people in the auditorium just take your partners hand and get out of here and go find some quiet place and get it straightened out I have never seen an invitation where you ask people to leave (laughs) but I never was so excited about people leaving in my life as I saw one couple after another get up take their partner's hand and walk out of that auditorium to go out someplace on that campground and get things right between themselves before God in response to the command to love. It's not only our responsibility in regard to our partner, but it's our responsibility in regard to our children as well. I spoke about that in one message, and after the service, a man came up to me He waited until everyone had finished talking, and he said, I just must talk to you for a moment. He said, tonight I realized how I failed my 19-year-old son. He said, Pastor Jeremiah, he's been a rebel in these last four or five years. He's rebelled against everything we ever stood for. And he said, as I've listened this week to you talking about agape love, I've realized that the reason he's rebelled is because of me. I haven't loved him. I haven't spent any time with him. I never have gone to his football games. I just haven't taken the time to love that boy. And his rebellion is a reflection of my lack of agape love. And he said, I couldn't stand it any longer. I looked over and my wife was crying, he said. And I got up and got out of there and I went to a telephone and I called home long distance. And I said, John, this is your father. And he said, I was crying. He said, Dad, is mom all right? He said, I want to tell you about the service we were just in tonight. He told him about the service. And he said, I want to ask for your forgiveness. I haven't been the kind of loving father I should have been. And I want to make it up to you. I know we haven't got much time left, but I'm committing myself to love you with God's kind of love. And he said for the first time in almost three years, his son broke at the other end, and he began to cry. And he said, Pastor, I felt the Holy Spirit in the telephone and i talked to him before he left. me he said, i can't wait to get home because i know that waiting me at home is a young man who now for the first time in our relationship is open to something god might do in his life and i came away from that experience realizing that it doesn't matter whether you're at hume lake or in el cajon or anyplace else if you do what god tells you to do he will honor it if god says in his word to love You love. You say, Pastor Jeremiah, how do I love? Well, let me tell you how you love. The book of Revelation talks about a church that lost its first love, the church at Ephesus. And John, writing about that church, says that the message that came to the church in Ephesus was this. You want to recover your love? Here's what you do. Listen carefully now. He said, go back and do the first works. What in the world are you talking about? Do you know how to recover the lost love in your marriage? Go back and do the first works. Do you remember how it was when there was love? What's different between then and now? How did you treat her then? And what's different in the way you treat her now? Did you ever bring her any flowers? Did you ever show love in a tangible way? Out of the ordinary? (laughs) John gave us a wonderful clue. Go back and do the first works. You see, love is not a feeling. Love is a response. Love is an action. You know what happens when you respond? the feeling may not be there immediately but it will come feelings follow actions actions don't follow feelings I don't ever ever wait for my feelings to get right before I study before I do the things that take discipline you do first and the feelings follow and husband if you aren't loving your wife and you're not responding to her the way God says you ought to respond to her. You wait for the feeling to come back; it may never come back. And all that time, you're disobedient. What God says for you to do is love her, in an active, open, tangible way. Demonstrate your love to her. Parents, you you got an estranged relationship with your children, and your and your children have rebelled against you. Maybe you got to clean up some things in the cobwebs there and get it straightened out. But you have to take the initiative to do it. Love responds. Love doesn't wait. You know what? You're sitting there thinking, yes, pastor, but that won't work for us. And I want to tell you something. It makes me mad when you say that. It will work for you if you'll try it. You say, but pastor, so much has gone wrong in our marriage and in our family. There's no way we can recover it. There's too much water under the bridge. I really don't care about the past. I care only about now. Are you willing to be obedient to what God says in his word? Will you do it?
1: Is it interesting that so often we park issues like love in places where they don't belong? And uh, love, though it is an emotion, is not an emotional issue. Love is something that we have been called to do, commanded to do, required to do. We're to love our wives, and the Bible says we're to love one another. And when we do that, when we take the actions of love and put them into practice— What we've been looking for in love is the ultimate result. But you can't jump over the obedience step. You have to do that one in order to get what you're looking for in terms of an emotional response. In fact, true love doesn't even look for a response. And the whole issue of agape love is that it's loving someone regardless of what they do in response, which is what God did for us. Well, thank you so much for listening to this important message. Tomorrow here on Turning Point, we're going to reprise the other messages in the series, going back to an introduction message where we kind of laid out the importance of love in the Bible. Such an important message. We want to leave that in your heart as we conclude this series. So don't miss tomorrow. Uh, And if you have a study guide and you're looking for where that is, it's way back at the beginning, The Power and Priority of Love, and we're going to talk about that tomorrow right here on this good station. I'm so thankful that you have joined us uh, during this month and uh, that you have locked into this wonderful passage of Scripture. One of the most famous portions of God's Word is First Corinthians 13. Might be worth memorizing it and putting it in your heart. And I hope the principles will live on in the days ahead. And uh, God will use this to give you a much better place. We'll see you next time right here on Turning Point. Thanks so much for listening.
0: For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, The Power of Love, please visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected, our monthly magazine turning points and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of our inspiring 14-month calendar for 2024 focused on God's enduring faithfulness, the unchanging promises of God. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International and New King James versions, available in your choice of handsome cover options. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we conclude the series, The Power of Love on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. For
3: more than 40 years, Dr. David Jeremiah has faithfully preached God's Word And as the world changes, how the message is delivered expands. Turning Point Plus was created as the next step in our digital broadcast ministry. And it's available instantly when you sign up to support Turning Point with an automatic monthly gift of any amount. Learn more and access more than 12,000 audio and video messages at turningpointplus.org.
1: there is an arabian proverb that illustrates why telling the truth is always best the proverb says a good liar needs a good memory Or to put it another way the best thing about telling the truth is never having to remember what you told to whom for most people an outright lie is not the biggest temptation but what about exaggerations and half-truths and withholding the truth jesus said we should let our yes be yes and our no be no that is We should speak plainly, simply, and always truthfully like the one who said He was the way, the truth, and the life. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's reasons to tell the truth on Route 66. Route 66, driving the
3: word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. Route 66, start your journey home today.